we're super excited for you to host this session today for us andrea given the hundreds of questions that we received i think this topic is clearly a member favorite as well members please meet andrea stone she is an executive coach who also founded stone leadership she's a business consultant as well coincidentally andrea is also the first coach we spoke to last year when we leap was just starting out Andrea has over 25 years of multicultural work experience having worked in the corporate sector specifically leading tech companies across Japan Hong Kong India and Europe today she will be delving into the subtleties of managing biases with you so andrea i'm going to quickly hand this over to you and uh, super excited <laughs> thank you Cindy thank you the whole leap team and thank you to everyone who's joined i do see some familiar faces Some people who've just washed their hair, Vatsala, no names mentioned. <laughs> and uh, I would love it if you can, if you can all put your videos on, um, because it's just one of our biases that if we can see people, we're, <laughs> we're more engaged, right? We favor people we can see regardless of what they look like, right? So it doesn't matter. what you look like if you're still in your pajamas that's absolutely fine just make sure you're visible because we'll be going into breakout rooms okay um i know i hope you're all familiar with zoom uh, just to test that i'd like you all to get your chat open and say hello i'm sitting in blah wherever you're sitting it could be the golf course road your bedroom wherever you want to share hello i'm sitting where are you sitting so let's just test your chat capabilities um natasha's already apologizing she's on the go okay she's got a bias for moving around <laughs> um okay fantastic a lot of bedrooms here parol's been very secretive i'm in my room we don't know which room it is <laughs> uh lovely great okay bedroom desk dining table exclamation mark and you've got some food on it as well Um so lovely you're all you're all up to speed with the workings of Zoom. So that's great. Now uh Ragini Sindhu and Neha all told me to remind you that this is a 90 minute session. So uh obviously I don't mind if you move around cuz 90 minutes is a long time to be sitting still but we will have a few breakout rooms I think three breakout rooms today. um so in any breakout room i just ask you to dive in there will be a context to the breakout room so just dive in and enjoy yourselves um in your breakout rooms um i do need to check ladies if you've uh, as instructed by the leap team printed out your bias bingo or at least have it somewhere where you can mark when you've identified a bias and the sheet about know yourself choose yourself give yourself so the disrupting bias handout do you have both of those handy if not just make sure on your screen you bring them up so you can use them because we'll be getting to those uh, as we move ahead um okay so today's session it's not me teaching you because we've all got a vast amount of experience this is me kind of facilitating your discussion around bias um and this is something so whilst I'm a coach and you know 
Cindy was very kind to do a, a quick background on me. I also volunteer as a network leader uh, with an organization called Six Seconds, which is a not-for-profit based in the US and they've been working in emotional intelligence for over 25 years. And I volunteer here because many reasons, but the key ones are emotional intelligence is a major differentiator um, for leaders. So as you rise through an organization, more and more as you move towards the top, emotional intelligence is what marks you out as a star performer versus an average performer. So it's not what you know so much as how you apply all your skills. And emotional intelligence is really using your thinking and feeling skills to make better decisions because there's data and emotions. So that's something we're gonna be looking at as we move through um, this session. What's the data in what you're feeling, right? Because bias is an emotive topic. We all have biases. <laughs> it's natural. We've got a brain, we have bias, okay? Um, so that's one reason I volunteer. Another is because I identify with the purpose of Six Seconds, which is to have a billion people practicing emotional intelligence. Um, and they're really the key reasons I work with them, okay? So I'm sharing their IP today as well as other research uh, information, okay? So, um, there's no right or wrong, whatever comes up for you is good, yeah? So as we go through today, feel free to write in the chat anything that occurs to you or any question. Like I just said, I'm not the authority on everything. <laughs> um, and that's one of the biases that we'll be looking at as well, that we sometimes have a bias to think we know everything when we don't know so much, right? Um, that's the, uh, the Dunning-Kruger effect bias, which you may have seen on the bias sheet. Um, so let's jump in, write anything in the uh, chat. Feel free to respond to people's comments. Like I say, I'm not the expert. Everyone's got experience, so share your experience. That's how we all learn. Yeah? Any questions before we kick off, ladies? Okay, you've got to be quick with me because... <laughs> I'll just move, I'll move uh, straight into it. So I am gonna share my screen and your job, so you've got to listen really carefully, carefully is I'm gonna show you a picture. Now, whenever you see what you see in the picture, you type in that, yes, okay? The first thing you see, type yes, but do not say what you've seen. Okay, so you just type yes, and then we'll just give a, a bit of space for everyone to type yes, and then we'll share what we see. Okay, are you ready, ladies? So the first thing you see, just type yes. <laughs> oh, that's a lot of yeses. And you're very skilled at typing, ladies. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna stop the share because I think you've all got it, right? So there's a yes, okay, everyone's seen something. Um, so the question is, what did you see? 
Just type it into the chat. Oh, Anushree, you're seeing double. <laughs> okay, there must have been one you saw first. So that's what I want you to check in. What did I see first? Okay, okay. So Anushree's saying she saw the lady first. Okay, so I'm just going to share the screen. Is it okay if I don't share it in full view? Is this okay if I just share it like that, lady? Is that okay? Um, yeah, should be fine. Okay, fine, because that's just easier to maneuver. Lovely, Akriti is very, uh, <laughs> that's the bun, the old man's face, is it, Akriti? Uh, yeah, so we're naturally, we're naturally drawn um, to see something. That's just how our brains are wired at that time. And now Sunya saying, oh, I see the old man too. I'm wondering if the people who saw the old man see the young woman now as well. Yeah? Our brains are just wired, so let's just accept it. I'm going to show you this one too. It's same thing, yes. Just write yes. Is, oh, just a minute. Sorry, I've not asked you the question. The question is, for this picture with the circles, how many colours do you see? How many colours do you see? How many different colours do you see? You have to just type yes when you've counted the different colours you see. Okay, I'm seeing a lot of yeses coming. Oh, don't like what Isha said. She says seven. Okay, I've just said what Isha said. That's not clever, is it? <laughs> okay, I said just say yes. Okay, everyone's typing it. So how many colors did you see? Everyone type in how many colors did you see? So we've got seven, eight, five, six, two. Okay, five, six, seven. Okay, so... Or maybe one, Anusha saying maybe one. Okay, let's, um, I'm gonna ask Anusha, what makes you say, or oh, maybe one, Anusha? Can you just unmute yourself? Yeah, uh, I think it's one, but it's an illusion created by the other colors that are going across the circles. Uh, and Anusha is absolutely right, okay. So how easy, so for everyone, how easy is it for you now to change what you originally saw? If you think of this picture or the lady man picture, how easy, just type in, was it easy? Oh, Vatsala saying, could you explain? So uh, Anush is absolutely right, Vatsala. There's only one color of circle. But if you look at the lines, how they're placed and which colors are placed over, over the circle or behind the circle, uh, that influences how our brain perceives the color. So in the context for us, what we see differs, right? Um, and this is a combination of how our brain's wired plus the context uh, plus maybe a bit about the question that I set you up with, how many different colors can you see? So I want you to now and try and see just one color, which I hope I'm right in saying is the yellow. Can you just see yellow? 
and 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 really try and as you're doing that so neha is saying she can see it now she can see just one color the circle i mean the circle is only one color all the circles are one color and it's yellow right so the question is can you just see that one yellow color in the circles the circles are all yellow can you see it? And how did you do it? Okay, so like Apoorva and Neha say they can see one color. How did you do it? So Swami is saying, instead of the full circle, if you looked at the section of the circle, so don't look at the full circle, just look, just look at a section of the circle. Okay, Gitanjali is saying she focused on the center. Yeah. Or focus, yes, Annika saying when you focus closely and just look, maybe, anyone got any other tips how you can see just one color? So it's like focusing closely. So Annika just saying focus where there's no obstruction by lines and compare. So that's, that's what I was gonna say. If you just look between the lines, each of these circles between the lines and really focus, on the color between the lines, then you should be able to see it. Yeah, so Namrita is saying the same thing, right? Have you, have you all got it now? Yeah, okay, so we're, so we're getting it, right? We're getting it. I'm gonna stop the share so I can see you all, because I can't see you when I'm, I'm looking at the slides and that's not as good. Um, so how easy was it for you to change what you saw? On a scale of one to 10, one being incredibly difficult and 10 being very easy, how easy was it for you to change what you saw? So Natasha said it was very easy to change. Gitanjali is saying very easy. Some people are saying, like Tanvi saying a three, some people in the middle ground. Okay, so Apoorva is saying it was very difficult, right? So what does that tell you about bias? What does that tell you about bias or your relationship with bias? It's very difficult for me to change my perception. <laughs> yes, for some people it's very difficult and it, and it requires help, right? And it requires, like many of you saying, focus. Yeah, it's difficult to unlearn what we've seen. Um, or nice, Annika sense it's, Difficult, uh, we think we know. We think we know, but we really, we don't, right? And brains are hard to retrain. Yeah, Anjali. Do they get easier to retrain as you get older? Do you think? So Ankita is saying, could be easy for some and difficult for some, depends on the situation context, yes. Uh, direction might be needed. Priya saying for me, it depends on the situation. Uh, because it was easy to change the first and not the second, right? Maybe you're more focused on people than objects. So whenever we start to think about things, we get a greater understanding about ourselves and how we react and how we're wired, right? The proof is saying it's easier when you're younger. So technically, you, your, brain, your brains are always plastic throughout your life, ladies. So there's no excuse in getting older that you can't retrain. Your brains are plastic. Uh, I think it takes a bit more effort though. Speaking as someone who must be at least a few decades older than you lot. Um, okay, so the, the subject today is really about disrupting bias. 
How do we disrupt that hardwired bias in our brains? Because it is pretty hardwired. Culturally, we're brought up to see things in a certain way. Uh, our experience maybe reinforce things or we lose touch um, with experiences we've had earlier in our lives. And, and a quick story from me, I remember growing up, I'm from the UK and I grew up and uh, we had you know, lots of black people in our class in my primary school. Um, and some Asians, so it was a time when a lot of Asians, Indians, uh, people from Pakistan came over to the UK. So that was quite natural for me. And at a young age, like many of you saying, uh, it's just open, we're just more open, right? We're more malleable. Uh, but then I noticed as I went through like secondary school, university, I went to a university of about 3000 people. There were three black people in that university. Um, and so, I'm not saying I'm racist, but what I'm saying is our experiences change through our life uh, and exposure, if we're close to things, there's a law of propinquity. If we're closer to people, we form bonds with people. If we're distant from people, uh, it's harder to form bonds. So this all reinforces uh, biases, depending on your exposure, right? Um, so I just want you to think about that. And so far, I want to do a quick check-in. So far, ladies, are you aware of any biases that they may have cropped up just from those? Just look at your bias bingo sheet and have a look. Um, and the idea is to um, tick off um, or draw a line through any bias you notice as we go through the session. And it's called bias bingo, because whoever gets four in a row needs to shout bias bingo, okay? <laughs> uh, because we don't want to shame anyone. We have biases, but what we want to do is become more aware of them. So just have a look through these. <clears throat> These aren't all the biases that exist in the world, um, but there's 16 of them. So have a quick look now and see if there's any biases you're aware of um, or that cropped up for you just in that simple, those two simple exercises of looking at the lady and man and looking at the circles. So we wanna encourage people recognizing bias throughout, um, throughout the session. So we want to say, yay, well done on recognizing a bias. <laughs> so Meg is saying a lot of them. Okay, so just share one or two. Um, Isha, are you saying you've, you've got four biases in a row already? Isha, unmute yourself. Um, not in a row, but in a square, actually. Uh, oh, in a square. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Well, that's excellent. Let's all give a thumbs up to Isha. We're really looking for the four in a line, any line, across, down, diagonally. But Isha's really, you know, you deserve a little trophy for that. So well done there. <laughs> um, that's the thing, halo effect, right? So someone's done something good. So we think, oh, they must always do good things, right? Anjali, the beauty effect. Yes, um, that is a bias. We favor people who are, we consider more attractive. Um, Anushree's, Apoorva, have you got bias bingo? Apoorva, unmute yourself. Have you I, I realize it. Hi. Go on, Apoorva. 
I realized that uh, mine are also like um, in a row and not um, not diagonal or. So, but no, um, the ones that I, For the ones I got was yeah. Okay, so I got um, self-serving bias. I got sunk cost bias. Actor observer. And um, I, I moved cities a lot. So intergroup empathy bias is something that I relate with a lot. Okay, so let's all give her a round of applause for her, but she's, she's really excelled here today. In having biases, no. Recognizing <laughs> the bias. We've all got these biases, right? We've all got them. Do we recognize them? So that's the key, recognize. Then I can do something about it, right? Yeah. So, yeah, there's so many biases. I'm going to send you a, a summary of biases after, after this session, but this is great. Uh, so Pooja's claiming, I got the second row, halo effect, horns effect, gender and ageism. <laughs> Let's call that out as well. Yes. <laughs> uh, how do you feel about that, Pooja? Oh, well, basically, I guess it's because of the experience I've had over the past seven to eight years especially with the work groups that I have been, considering I'm more into work than with my friends or my uh, uh, family. So I've had more impact of my work life on me. So all of this comes from the experiences I've had in my work life. Lovely, lovely. Um, and just a quick story there, ageism. So um, <laughs> I remember being in my 20s and starting work and thinking, uh, I'm too young. No one's going to take me seriously. I'm too young. Maybe I should buy some glasses and, you know, make myself look more professional and serious. And then for some reason, now obviously I'm a lot older, I'm thinking oh, I'm too old. I had a real ages bias that, um, and that's why I write I've got 20, over 25 years of experience. I could write I've got over 30 years of experience, but I have a bias that says, um, people think you're really old and out of touch if, say, you've got over 30 years of experience. So can you see how my bias has switched from being ageist against old people to ageist, um, well, it is still ageist against old people, actually. So I'm at least consistent with my bias. Uh, so these are the things that, you know, you've got to think, how does that infect, uh, impact me? Because I didn't think I'd be taken seriously. That's a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? If I don't think something, if I don't believe something, I show up with that belief. So just ch change that thinking, right? Okay. Um, our bias is dangerous. I want you to either chat or one person unmute yourself. Yeah. Our bias, I, I go on, Srija. Okay. Yeah, I think they are because they tend to, uh, you tend to start pigeonholing and boxing people and not necessarily giving them a chance to be who they are. And the older I've gotten and Andrea, like you, I do have 25 odd years of experience. So I do believe that the older that uh, we get, the more we have to guard ourselves from having to pigeonhole people, no matter what our experience is, because it then affects the way that we behave with people the way we hire, I'm in HR, so the way I hire, um, the way that I would uh, sit during my collaboration, deliberation meetings. So yeah, I, 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 think, I think they get, and the older you get, the more unforgivable they seem to be, even though it, is, it seems to be more natural. 
It is natural. Let's just give ourselves a, a break here. It's natural. Our brains are wired to do it. Like uh, Sri just saying, uh, it can be detrimental to ourselves and to others and to our organizations and our communities, right? Um, so that's um, what we need to be wary about. Yeah. I, I just want to add uh, one point here, uh, Andrea, that, you know, they are dangerous. Uh, it's bad enough that we do it to others. Uh, but it's worse when someone does it to us. So, uh, so, you know, they become like even more dangerous when we are sort of at the receiving end of this bias. So, so yeah, I think a uh, simple answer is they are very dangerous. Right, but uh, what's the definition of bias? Anyone got a definition they'd like to share? Just unmute yourself. Okay. Or against, I guess. I think a preference is for or against, and I should and I should, a yeah. preconceived notion about people and things. Right. Okay. Yeah. When actually, when, sorry. When sorry, when you operate, when you operate or take decisions from a preconceived, uh, you know, context than neutral, uh, you're not neutral, but like you know, you're looking at it with tinted glasses. So I think that's how you're operating is when you're biased. Absolutely. Pooja, you were going to say something, Pooja Manan. Just saying stereotyping people into uh, buckets of, you know, groups and not giving them a chance. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, I'm sorry. I believe it's what makes things easy for us. Yes, we do it because it makes things easy for us. Our, our body's wired. Our body is designed to conserve energy so the more energy we can conserve the better so that's why we have biases but the definition so let me just so this is from the oxford english dictionary um prejudices or preferences in favor or against one thing person or group compared with another uh, but usually in a way considered to be unfair so it's preferences can be a prejudice uh, for or against but usually in a way that's considered unfair. Now there are some biases, I might have a bias, you know, one of Amazon's uh, leadership principles is have a bias for action. Can be a good thing, right? Um, I might have a bias for wearing gray, <laughs> a, a strong preference. I might prefer people who wear gray or neutral colors, right? It's still, a, it's a bias, it's a strong preference. It could become a bias if I'm interviewing someone like Sri just said, and they're wearing bright red and I'm thinking, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, but that is another bias. If someone's wearing a bright color, there's a tendency to favor that person because they stand out. That's another, it's called the spotlight effect. So there's tons of these things going around. We just need to be careful, especially like you're saying, like everyone said, when that bias, uh, which is naturally there, is um, exacerbated by stress or volatility because a lot of stress really pushes us to kick into the old habits and it becomes an like ism right? or ist i'm genderist i'm sexist i'm ageist um i don't want to say racist but you know racist is obviously a big bias so that's where we need to to guard uh, and, and be really conscious of, of our thoughts, our feelings. I'm gonna show you two headlines, ladies. I'll just read them. 
um, and and just then type in what's your your what's your reaction to them? How do you feel when you read these two? So I'm just sharing them. Tell me if it's not big enough. So there's a headline, COVID-19, a moment for unity. COVID-19, why one in four women may quit work due to COVID. How do you feel when you read that? So Ruchika saying, um, <laughs> Tea Party said, indeed. Ruchika saying, in general, people subconsciously are biased when they say he, yeah, work-wise, he should be this, he should have these skills, yes. Two different perspectives, both are true. Different approach to COVID, yeah, a bit upset, Apoor was saying, yeah. Um, saddening, Pooja's saying, hurt, Mega says. Um, the second one seems more personal, Gitanjali saying. Angry when I read the second one. The headline with red seems harsh, just because of the color, see? So the color bias might come in there. Extremely sad. Okay, so let's have someone who's not spoken, who said a feeling. So maybe, who said um, upset? Uh, who said upset? That was me. Or was that a poor But you've spoken, let's have, is that okay yep. if we have Mega, Mega, you said hurt. Mega, tell me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hi. So uh, I've always felt that uh, we as women have been trying so hard to uh, do something in life, and every when such things have happened, they just they just feel that you know they pushed me back by a mile. You know, mm. we've been mm. fighting for our rights for years and years, and now when the time came. Ultimately, we're at the receiving end of it. So, yeah, that's why it hurts. Yeah. Yeah, it hurts, right, when you see that. Yeah, lovely. Thank you. Um, someone said, uh, who else can speak? Namrita, do you want to share the second one affects me more? Oh, if you're not moving around. Yeah. So, so when I read this, right, I think the first one is coming more from a a research, a study perspective on what it should be. Whereas the second one is more practical looking at what's happening actually in the world. So when I look at it, uh, second one catches my eye more because I know somewhere deep down, I relate to this more and I can see this happening. And then that's why, you know, irrespective of the color, irrespective of, uh, you know, how much I would want the first one to be true. I know the second one is more true. So that's why it's catching my eye more as well. That's very interesting. I hadn't even thought about that. That a moment for unity is more, this is what, what we hope for, but what the reality is women may be forced to quit work, right? From the WEF. Uh, and Parol, Parol, can you share, you said privileged, which caught my eye. Privileged. What makes you say that? Uh, so the first feedback was about the fact that it was upsetting, uh, but I joined back the workforce after 10 years. Uh, during this period so in that sense it uh, it just helps me feel gratitude and uh, genuinely privileged at this stage yeah and I just want to applaud you for saying that because yeah we don't sometimes realize the privilege that we have that we can get good jobs that are virtual and you know don't require me to be anywhere 
Um, so wonderful. So I think that's an example of, first of all, having a reaction and then allowing your brain and your thinking to kick in and think, well, actually, I feel quite privileged right now. Lovely. So ladies, I'm going to show you a video. So we talked about bias and how stress can um, exacerbate our tendency to make shortcuts or how we can actually kind of um, contract, shrink, close in on ourselves under stress. So um, Josh, Josh Friedman is the uh, CEO of Six Seconds and he is just talking about what happens in stress and how that can uh, impact our biases. So this is about a three minute video. Um, so I hope that's okay for you to watch. And I'll just, oh, stop, stop, stop. I've started that already. Um, so I'm just trying to share my screen. Where am I? <laughs> Here we go. Share screen, optimize, and here. Right, you can see this. I'm just gonna put it into the big screen and Unfortunately, stress is going up and it's continuing to go up. Research over the last 30 years, the stress has gone up around 25, 30%. And uh, there are all kinds of effects from this increasing stress. But I wanna talk about what happens in your brain. There's a little almond-shaped organelle in your brain called your amygdala. And it's where you store your stress reaction patterns, your threat response patterns. and when you uh, perceive something as a threat, and it's important this word perceive, it doesn't mean it actually is a threat. You perceive something as a threat, there's a little part of your brain called the thalamus that's monitoring the traffic through your brain. And when your brain decides, okay, this is a threat, it activates the amygdala. And there's a, a, a direct link between the thalamus and the amygdala, so there's a very quick activation. Neuroscientist Joe Ledoux called it the back alley. This is just connection to activate the amygdala. And it's really important to be able to respond quickly to threats. But the, the problem is, as we become more stressed, that system becomes more sensitive. And as stress is going up, we're more and more likely to perceive things as threats. We're actually probably missing uh, the data because we're filtering it through this heightened stress response, we're not as accurate in our perceptions, and we're seeing more and more things as a threat. The amygdala kicks in, it floods our brain with these neurohormones related to stress, our uh, muscles react faster, our blood flow concentrates in our trunk, um, we get ready to fight, flee, and freeze, our reproductive system shuts down, our long-term immunity shuts down, our higher order or creative thinking shuts down, our uh, digestive system shuts down. We move into this state where really all we're gonna do is fight with the enemy uh, or hide or run away. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, the issues that I face most days, those three options aren't really gonna be a good solution. The issues that I face most days are going to require a lot of creative and critical thinking. They're going to require a lot of reflective and listening and problem solving. But when we're in this threat response system, all of that part of our brain is shut down. 
Our social perceptions are shut down. Our reflectiveness is shut down because our brains love efficiency. And in order to be efficient, we turn everything else off to dedicate the resources to survive in this moment of danger. But what if it's not really a moment of danger? Remember, the perception of threat is what's triggering this reaction. And so one of the things that we have to do is to teach ourselves that discomfort, that the chaos that we're in, that the complexity that we're in, it is uncomfortable, but it's not dangerous. Okay. Um, so, Josh talking about uh, how, how we react when we're stressed, and this is quite a time of stress, right? Um, so we're talking about disrupting bias. We accept we have bias. How do we disrupt that? Um, and that's, I've typed a question. How might our neurological system, when he's talking about fight, flight, uh, freeze, how might that affect our ability to disrupt bias? And even, do you recognize yourself at times when you're in that mode of, you know, fight, run away, or just freeze? Yeah, it's Joshua Friedman, sorry, that's his full name. <clears throat> There's no time to think, right? When you're in that state, really. Is that true, Sri? I'm gonna challenge you there. There's time to think. Do what do we do there? Do are we able to think? If what do you think, Shrija? I I don't think maybe not initially, because um, your body reacts. There's a tendency for your body to react on a on a predetermined uh, you know wiring that's already happened, and that comes from years of experience, intuition, whatever. Uh, but if you're intelligent enough to be able to just step back from that situation, then you get the space to think maybe more than, but your initial moment, your body's just going to react the way it has always reacted. So you bring up a great point that um, if we don't pause, if we don't take that second, those two seconds to just stop, check in what's really going on here i'm feeling whatever that is so nuporo angry i'm feeling angry when i read that headline let me check in what's the data in the anger there's data in our emotions what's the data in that anger uh, maybe nupor wherever you are because there's three screens and i can't see everyone nupor just unmute yourself and yeah. just think what's the data in that in that anger so, sorry, I couldn't hear the last thing you said. Okay, so no point. When you said angry, when you saw that headline, so there's data in emotions. Our emotions arise to try and help us. They may help us, they may not, depending on whether we think through, is it helpful in this, situa in this situation to react or do I just need to think about what this anger is trying to tell me? So what's the, ang what's the data in your anger? What's the anger trying to tell you? Um, sorry, I, I didn't quite understand. You're asking me data in terms of what I'm reading and reading, you know, or my the data and my emotions. The data in your emotions. Um, I guess it, that comes from experience, right? Of having seen uh, and and felt those things before in in real life. So I, I think that makes it makes me really angry when I see this gender bias because, or I read about it. Uh, it's kind of like a switch for me because. 
I see it around so much and it's been so difficult. I've, I've seen uh, opportunities that I've ended up having to step out of or miss because of that. So it just makes me angry. It kind of comes from that experience. Is, is, does okay. that yeah, Pooja, I want you to take. So if we feel anger, ladies, if we feel an intense anger, it's typically related to a very strong value that we hold, right? So Nepal who's just been <laughs> gone invisible. So for Nepal, she's really angry and, and that's tied to a value. I'm gonna wager it's tied to a very strong value and the value is what? Oh, okay. Should I answer this one or? Still? Yeah, answer it. I'm asking what's that value equality. that you hold? Equality. I, equality, absolutely. And things aren't equal and fair. Equality and fairness. I, I, I really strongly believe in that. Yeah. Right. So Nepal, job then is to channel that anger constructively. That's a big challenge. I know what the data is telling me is that one of my core values is violated. It's wrong that one in four women may have to give up work. How am I gonna advocate for women? What can I do to support, to counter this situation? In my own, like in my own sphere of influence, right? Within my own control. I'm not asking you to answer that, but that's what the emotion, the data in your emotion is telling you. And that's what we have to take a second to tune into and decide what we want to do in that moment, right? So I'm gonna ask Sindhu to put us into um, breakout rooms. So just give me a moment. So I want you to think about everything we've discussed so far, including that video about how we react in stressful situations, what comes up for you then, even some of these biases that are written down, even some that aren't written down. I want you to just discuss in your breakout rooms, you know, what's coming up for you, what feelings are coming up for you, and what does that mean to you? Okay, so Sindhu, if we can say uh, how many minutes, like 12 minutes in groups of three, would that be okay? So you should all have yep. about four minutes to share. Okay, perfect. So you think, what's coming up for me? Which biases? What am I recognizing in my feelings? What's it telling me? What's the data? Yeah? And put I, your hand up if you I have help. a small question, Andrea. Yes, Mega. Yeah? Just to be sure that I'm getting it right. Uh, I think this has two parts to it. Number one being that uh, I have historically seen so many biases against women. And that, that data in my head is making me believe that this statement is true and is uh, uh, making me angry, like leading to a wrong emotion. And then, or uh, sorry, I, I'm just saying it's making me angry or hurt. And I should idly uh, take a step back, look at the situation and see what can I do to correct the situation rather than feeling hurt. So I should, I should have the mindset of what can I contribute in the situation like this rather than living with an emotion of hurt. Okay, just one second. No emotion is good or bad. The emotion themselves is not good or bad. They're trying to support you. Now, what you have to decide with your rational brain is what's the best step for me in this situation? So I appreciate that that makes you angry and it feels like there's a bias that women have to take on the housework and blah, blah, blah. Um, so what's coming up for you? That's coming up for you. It's making me angry that I recognize that there's a, a potential bias. You can discuss what you want to do about it, but just even talking about my awareness around this and what maybe I choose to do is good enough, right? Just for this 12 minutes. So it's, it's around the awareness, what's coming up for me. 
can I be with that? Can I interpret the data? Is there something I want to do about that? It's your choice, you know, it's your sharing in your group. But if you're feeling very angry, just, just bring it down a bit before you can, you, your rational brain can kick in. Yeah? I understand. Okay. Yeah? Sorry, go on, Raki. Yeah, hi. Uh, I understand that we're talking about biases. One question that I constantly come up with is that, of course, when we deal with biases, it's up to us to manage our What happens when we are uh, put in a situation where there is a bias, like, for example, age bias or racist bias? You know, so you are confronted with bias. Are you supposed to call it out? And how do you do that without being leading into a confrontational situation? You know, because okay. obviously, oh, yeah. two I got it. conflicting ideas. You don't have the same point of view. Uh, how do you how do you stay true and say okay I don't agree with you but because of X Y Z and not let it become a point where you start um, uh, kind of falling apart and getting letting your emotions go. Okay, so this is a big part of emotional intelligence. What's going to be the best thing to do in this situation? That's the question you've got to ask yourself. What's going to serve me best in this situation? Because there's no one right answer, because all people are different, all situations are different. What might work in one situation won't work in another, right? So we have to think what's going to be most <clears throat> constructive for me. And by extension, when we say for me, it's usually most constructive for other people too. So that's what you have to think about because there's no one answer. And we have to get in control of our emotions. So bring the bring the intensity down so I can rationally think through or write down I'm feeling this I'm feeling this uh, and then on you know maybe ask other people do you sense this um, because sometimes you're going to be in a situation where you're the only one and everyone's biased against you it's very unusual but it may happen then there's bigger questions do I want to stay in this environment so you've got to bring that emotion down to a situation where you can work through rationally what's the best thing to do in this situation and then choose. You won't ever, by confronting someone who's, <clears throat> excuse me, against you, prejudiced against you, you will not <clears throat> typically not be able to convince them because if we push someone, they usually push back, right? So you've got to think of other ways, right? Or just show by your attitude that, oh, that person doesn't have a bias. I'm just going to accept that they're a professional like me and carry on regardless. So, so there's lots of ways and maybe you can discuss that in your group. So um, let's just say 10 minutes, is that okay? Because we've got another breakout room we need to go into later. Is that okay, okay. so enjoy just your discussion. Thanks, thanks. Yes. All and if you need help, put, up, yeah. yeah. I'm going to put all of you into breakout rooms of four and five. If anybody's new to breakout rooms and you don't know how it works, just stay on the main screen and we'll help you out. And Andrea will take up questions in the end. She has given us a 15-20 minutes buffer, so no worries over there. I'm starting the breakout rooms now. We'll just have one yeah. group to share. Uh, so we basically just discussed, uh, uh, we started off with discussing that is there any bias that, you know, we uh, sort of uh, understood or, you know, uh, we've uh, gone through uh, through this entire discussion. And then one thing with, uh, you know, I personally brought it up, uh, which I wanted uh, feedback from the others was that, you know, there was a lot of ages and bias uh, that, you know, we experienced that uh, because like I'm a young profession, I, do, I, I, I only have like three and a half years of experience and when I present, uh, you know, a, a particular data or something to uh, the leadership team who are like uh, individuals 
who are professionals with 30 plus years of experience you know somehow automatically i feel a little uh, less confident in terms of like you know what uh, i am presenting because uh, at the back of my head i just assume that you know uh, they're not taking me serious oh you've just gone mute akriti oh i'm sorry yeah because they have like so many years worth of experience so, you know how do you tackle that so that was one thing uh, which we were discussing uh, in the group that's strange because we were discussing exactly the same thing oh, <laughs> oh but, i think it's it's a common problem then well all i would say if it's okay for me to say and i you know I'm, it's it's a it's a judgment based on experience that as i've got older i don't have any of that when i look at younger people i'm just curious what do they think because you've got a point of view that i don't have so i'd, I'd like to know it um and if people have got something that you know want to be adamant because they're older they know better i remember one of my earliest bosses saying no one's got a monopoly on wisdom <laughs> so just bear that in mind right yeah. that's that's what the team members also told me they're like maybe you know it's just building up in your head because nobody's officially like you know come out and told you that listen you know you're not doing it right so stop talking rubbish no no one's ever said that have they? yeah <laughs> So, luckily not so then that's something else your own bias about yourself right your bias uh, that's yeah against you <laughs> exactly so maybe just think about uh, letting that one go um i know i do want to move on because i want to show you some pictures now ladies so this is time to bring out your kcg uh, which is all related to a six seconds model of k know yourself C, choose yourself, and G, give yourself. So knowing yourself, how am I feeling, which you have discussed in that last um, breakout room. What am I feeling? What are my typical behaviors? So unless we are aware of ourselves, know ourselves, it's hard to be emotionally intelligent. Choosing, taking that pause, choosing optimism, choosing my intrinsic motivation, choosing to think through, what can I do in this situation? And then giving myself, living in alignment with my purpose, my sense of purpose, who I am with my values and giving empathy towards others. So that's a six seconds method in a nutshell. It's not essential that you know it, but that's just why it's called KCG. So what you're gonna do, I'm gonna show you four pictures and I'm gonna give you, I can see people thinking, where's the picture, where's the picture? It's gonna come, don't worry. <laughs> um, you're gonna have a minute for each picture to answer these questions. So in the picture one, you know, you're gonna see the picture, you're gonna imagine that you've been dropped into that situation, that you're part of that situation. Uh, you know, the first question, what are three or four feelings you might have? How might you choose to respond in that situation? How would you choose to behave in that situation? That's a choose question. Uh, and in the give, what could you commit to doing? So in that situation, how would you want to show up? What would you be feeling? How do you choose to show up? Yeah? And what would you commit to do in that situation? What would you commit to do in that situation? I'm not gonna give you any clues <laughs> or insights, but I'm gonna give you a minute for each um, picture. So are you ready? Are you ready with your hand out, ladies? Yeah? Okay. Are you ready for the picture? Okay, so I'm gonna share the first picture. Um, oh, sorry, the screen's so high up, I can't see 
Here we go, share. So this is the first picture. And just a minute of uh, silence as you write your answers. Picture one. about five more seconds and then I'm going to move on to picture two. Okay I'm moving on to picture two so get ready for this one. So 10 more seconds. Okay, I'm moving on to the third picture. And I will show you all the pictures again before we go into the breakout rooms.
10 seconds. And the final picture. Okay, so um, these are all the pictures. So just, if you want, take a screenshot so you remember which is which picture if you need to. Uh, picture one, two, three, four. So you've captured um, what you might be feeling and thinking, what your options of responding might be, and what you'd commit to doing in those situations. Um, and so I'm just going to stop sharing. I'm gonna, Cindy's going to put you back into breakout rooms for 12 minutes, and maybe we just put people into groups of three. So share, um, you know, how you experienced, how you saw yourself in those situations, and what insights you got about yourself and maybe about possible biases and how you choose to handle yourself in those situations. Yeah, so just share your insights. So off we go, 12 minutes in groups of three, if possible, Cindy, that would be perfect. Yes. Are we clear, ladies? Any questions before you jump into your breakout room? You're all good. Approval's going, I'm cool. I know what's going on. She's giving me the thumbs up. Cool. <laughs> Thank you. Which was the most inviting scenario for you, where you'd feel most comfortable? Yeah. Since okay, so most comfortable it seems two. Yeah. So we've got a lot of party animals in the meat club. <laughs> Let's go rave, guys. <laughs> and four, so it's cash party time at leap. <laughs> oh good, I like Mega. Thanks, Mega, for being the outlier saying she, she wants to party with Jared Kushner and the crew. So get down with the Republicans on Congress. Let's go, guys. <laughs> Uh, and three, Anjali, right, another outlier. She wants to sit down and break bread at the, uh, what looks like a UK wedding. <laughs> so, okay, so that's most comfortable. Um, so what does that say? I mean, what does it say? I've just made a joke, but <laughs> casual youth, I'm being biased now. What's the biases? Is it ageism? Is it comfortable, like me, innovative? What, what does that say about, what did you notice about any uh, maybe biases? Are you like the diverse skin tone, says Anjali. <laughs> Andrea? Yes. Hey. Go on, Rocky. One observation, when I looked at all the pictures and then we had the discussions in the journey as well, I 
didn't really pick up any biases. It was just a room with certain settings and it seemed natural or it seemed uh, the only urge that one had was to engage and interact. I did not find anything that says bias ticking in. I mean, it was like, these are okay. things all gone through. Cool. So what does, what does that tell us about Raki then? She feels comfortable in any of those situations. What does that tell us? What's her bias? Easygoing. Well, yeah, I, I'm adaptable. I'm very adaptable. So she may be biased against people who aren't so adaptable, who aren't so socially comfortable, right? <laughs> so there's always clues in these things. Um, and where were you... Um, the most, um, we just did most comfortable two and four. So obviously the least comfortable. Actually, let's just ask that because I don't know. The least comfortable, the absolutely least comfortable setting between one, two, three, four, one, one. Okay, I'm, I think I'm curious. Four. Some people were saying four. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm seeing more ones. I'm not getting any consistency here. <laughs> okay, so the, at the beginning of the quarter, ones. But then there was a fours and some threes. I think okay. four is four because it's more relatable. Like people who live in and out of startups, a brainstorming session is something we all have been a part of. So that looks like, yeah, that's a more relatable picture, at least from where I come. I've been in startups all my life. So yeah. That's comfy view, but they, so the opposite would be the least comfortable. I so, just, yeah. so I it's um, one at a time. Who's speaking? <laughs> so I actually chose four as the least comfortable because uh, when I looked at the picture, I thought that if I was walking in, I would rearrange the room and you know make the people sit in front of the board. Why are they not facing the board? If this is a productive meeting, why is their body language? I mean, so checked out. So for me, if I was walking into the scene, I would do a few things to fix and rearrange the room. So that's where I felt most uncomfortable. And I really felt like this was one of those meetings that could have been an email. So if I was made to sit through these meet this meeting, I would be really miserable. So it made me very uncomfortable. Number four. Number four. Whereas number <laughs> one looks like it's physical. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I, I think discomfort. It was just physical discomfort. I wouldn't want to crick my neck like that for the next one hour looking at that board from the side. Exactly. Okay, so we've got, no, I, I don't know how to call this. I think yeah. I had a very different bias with number four. I think yeah. it was, it just like the moment I saw it, it felt like a boys club. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I can't yeah. do that. I, only photo I which doesn't have any women in it. Yeah. yeah. So, and people yeah. of color, it was all white males. So, yeah. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. startups are right. They are. They have this bro culture. They generally have a little influence yep. of male founders because their risk appetite is higher, and their eagerness to prove well, everything. That's a bias. That's a bias. The risk <laughs> appetite is higher. We've got Ragini. He's just started yeah. Leap Club. For goodness' sake! Oh, big bias. Big bias. I'm calling you out there, Alka. I already marked it all the four rows, the fourth, the second row. <laughs> okay, so where are we with our bingo bias ladies? How many, how many of you recognized out of 16? Type in, please. I think the whole list is bingo now. <laughs> like there's everything. There's everything. Okay, so anyone got over 16? I think anyone? we can all stream bingo. <laughs> We're all bingoed. Okay. So, and then the other question is, if you didn't feel uncomfortable in that, what kind of a situation would you feel uncomfortable in? 
And so there's a lot of things that come out just by looking at those pictures and realizing I feel comfortable there, I don't feel comfortable there. What's, what's my cultural background? What's my values? Why do I feel this way? So we, let's just be, my request would be, let's be curious when we encounter those situations where we think, oh, <laughs> you know what you feel like when you're in that situation. Uh, uh, and maybe be a bit more like Raki, how can I engage with these people? What can I do? How can I change my mindset? I might have to go in and rearrange the furniture, uh, <laughs> right? But let's just get comfy with that. Um, so Andrea, yes, uh, this is Dipali. I think I, uh, maybe I saw the pictures very differently. Uh, in one, um, three and four, I felt if I were to walk into those rooms, I would feel a, so much pressure to sound intelligent, be confident, behave in a certain way, because there's a bunch of men and the race, you know, the fourth picture especially had no women in it and bunch of young men there brainstorming and sitting whichever way they want. And if I were to walk into that room and, you know, command my place there, I would have to be, you know, very, I'll be very stressed. And same goes for picture one and picture three, where, you know, you need to behave in a certain way. And that could be because I have some baggages, but I felt that way about the three pictures. Two made me feel like, yeah, careless, have fun. Don't care. Don't just don't care about anyone. Uh, you know, that's your place to be. I would not feel pressured in any way. Mm. So, so that's so let's link that back to what Josh was saying about we feel stressed. We walk into that room, <gasps> there's all these famous people, or it's very formal, and we all have our triggers, right? So let me just take a moment. I recognize it's a bias, that's okay. Yeah. Now, how do I want to be in that situation? Right? Mm -hmm. uh, I have something to add in this. Yeah. yeah, so Dipali, I was actually having exactly same thoughts uh, as you. And then I got a very good insight in the, in the breakout room that we feel that we have to give inputs. We have to give intelligent inputs, but we can also realize that one more choice is that it's okay if I don't have any inputs at the moment, but at least I can come with the goal that I will have some very good takeaways from the meeting. So learning can also be a goal from the meeting and not just giving your input. So if we take things from that perspective, we become a little more comfortable and we start observing the meeting more intently. So, I mean, I had this uh, insight today from, uh, from our breakout room. Mm. Yeah, I, think I, know, I had a very different perspective about you know these pictures. The minute I saw the first picture, I was like, oh my God, there's so much of experience that I can learn from right away. So I need not mm. contribute maybe, but I can learn yeah. so much from this group. And uh, similarly for the third picture, it was an extremely uncomfortable position for me. But uh, something that clicked my mind was that, you know, I would be knowing well in advance that I'm going for a formal dinner. And hence, I might just take a few classes on etiquettes of having, of uh, going for a formal dinner that would just add on a skill to my kitty. And uh, that's how I looked at these two pictures. Fourth was definitely my area. I would just enter and I was like, boys, just get to the board. Let's let's figure out what's to be done. And and yeah, third was a normal party. Uh, second was a normal party. But these two pictures really gave me a lot of insight, first and third. Wonderful. Hey, I'm conscious of the time, ladies. So um, just on that, I am going to say something because I know Ragini will it'll be on her mind. I'm reading her mind as we speak. But yeah, it's fine to go into that meeting. There's a lot of experience. Similarly, you have a perspective. You're intelligent. 
Yeah. You can ask questions. Like you said, I can prepare for that situation. You can prepare for any situation, right? And if there's one thing I notice, it's uh, often we don't speak up, prepare yeah. in advance, speak up, ask some questions. And because two ways of looking at it, it's selfish if you don't contribute. That's for people who are, are reluctant to share. Um, and, and we just need to, we need to be visible, right? There's no point you being in a meeting unless you contribute, unless mm. it's just a, you know, drop down, here's the information, which could be done by email, right? So that's my request, prepare, speak up, even if it's questions, but prepare and speak up because it's selfish not to. Um, that's my, not that's my very judgmental, but from a lot of coaching <laughs> insight, speak up and contribute. Um, now, I know we've come to, to time, I think what we'll do now, I was going to show you a video, but I'll share, you, I'll share the link separately. Um, uh, Andrea, I have, I have a take on this. And I remember Cheryl Sandberg's video also, which kind of resonated with me. I, I'm just coming to what Palak Jaju had said in your point, where sometimes when you feel that, okay, to be visible, you really do need to contribute, you know. Uh, so sometimes it's good to kind of take a backseat, sit, and then... Uh, contribute like at very specific and at very places where it's required so i remember cheryl sandberg stating that you know um the most contribution i made in any meetings was when i thought that i spoke less because she like me speaks a lot so sometimes we tend to overshare or we tend to you know speak which is not required so but you're a different type of person, right? You're the person yes. who shares naturally. I'm not yes. talking about you, but so you don't have an issue speaking up. I'm talking about people who do have an issue speaking yeah. up and feel uh, hesitant to speak up. They need to speak up. And some people I coach say, I've got to speak up first because otherwise I get so nervous I don't speak up. So you've got to find the approach that works for you, right? And even that's a bias. I might be, as an introvert, I might be biased against people like you, but so, oh, she's speaking again. <laughs> right exactly and you might be biased about them why the heck are they here if they're not going to speak mm -hmm. right so, so you've got to help uh people come out of the shell or uh, help them retreat into the shell sometimes uh, depending on the situation so any takeaways anyone anyone want to share in the chat uh i'm gonna pick on someone i'm gonna pick on shagun shagun sharma what's your takeaway shagun so uh, personally, I feel that um, when the meeting started, there were a few biases that I really related with and I did not really know how to, I mean, we've been raised in a way, right, with a few biases and we we just have them in us. And when the meeting started, I was like, oh, I have it, but I don't know how to overcome it. But after hearing everyone and what everyone had to say and share their experiences in the breakout rooms as well, I think I have a few tips and I'm actually going to try them and sort of see whether that helps me gain a different perspective altogether. So, Lovely, yeah. thanks, Shagun. I'm gonna pick on someone from the next. There was one, I just saw a comment that something about young men always, I don't know, if you could find that comment anyone, I can't find it, something about young men. Uh, it was funny, it made me laugh, but- um, It was to... Anjali. Anjali, Anjali Ravikumar. She... Go on, what she said. She said, I don't trust young men not to be biased. Anjali, do you want to unmute yourself and explain that for us? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it doesn't help that I'm the eldest of uh, three children and I have two younger brothers. And I always have this thing <laughs> of young men being quite uh, incapable of taking sensible decisions. 
<laughs> so I have um I also I have a bias against their competence. I mean, I think they'll have a lot of confidence, but uh, not necessarily. Uh, they, uh, I, I think I, they'd have a lot of confidence, but won't necessarily take everybody's, um, you know, everybody into the decision-making process. So it's just, I, I realize it's a bias. Good. I'm glad you realize it's a bias. Let's have, a, let's have a, the young man bias. Let's have, a, I have another bias, the young man bias. And, uh, and just accept it. And what am I going to do in that situation, right? Yeah. Um, Andrea, I have one question. Yes, Tambi, yeah. Um, based on your experience, um, is it true or is it possible that those who are at the receiving end of bias also subject others to bias or have bias towards others? <laughs> If we've got a brain, we are biased, right? We have biases. Everyone has a bias. I don't, honestly, I think you have to observe. If I've got a bias, do I then project that bias on? Uh, do I assume that the other person has that bias about me? No, I don't. I, I don't know if I, I can generalize. Is that what your question was, Tom? Oh, no, I meant that if we are at the receiving end of it, do we sort of project it towards others to sort of be? in you know our views of them so it's sort of like a pass Give on me an example so if i um, think you're uh, too young yeah right. so you don't contribute things that are sensible do you then think that pass that that bias that on to someone others. else yeah uh, you ha i think you have to observe yourself because right. there's been things i've been subjected to like basically you're a stupid young woman <laughs> Would I then project that onto someone else? No, I'd actually actively fight that. Yeah, so I think you have to observe yourself in those That's situations not. and observe others, yeah. Um, anyone else want to share? Andrea, I had uh, one question. Yes, who's that? Which is, hey, here. Yes, Somya, yeah. When, so there is one thing which is knowing your own biases and working on them. How do you go about confronting someone on their biases? Like if you number one, never confront. <laughs> That's okay. never going to work. Confrontation rarely works. It might work, but you have to be really careful with confrontation. So give us a concrete example, Somia. Okay. So if you if you feel that someone in your team has a bias about a person because they feel that this person is not creative and they have made this bias and you can see that the third person is making efforts to be creative and is working towards this but the other person has such a strong view about this person that they are like no no i know and they're not just ready to give them a chance so how are they all equals are you all equals no they, they are you're not equals the third person is a relatively junior person and the other person uh -huh. is a senior and maybe i am a peer to the other person the okay. the yeah. I'm going to throw that open, ladies. Do you want to type in the chat or anyone want to unmute yourself and answer um, that? Hi. So, yeah. so no poor is answering. Yeah, I, I like to go with this because this is something I kind of uh, learned very recently how to, uh, I mean, similar situations. Talk the language of the person. You, can't, you have to try and understand what they, how would they be able to, un, uh, you know, uncover in this situation. So if the person thinks this person is not creative, sometimes, uh, and it doesn't work in all situations, but sometimes it helps to try and bring out what, where that this person has made efforts in a very 
concrete listed manner i've seen that uh, really works for people like sometimes some people understand numbers better some people understand uh, you know emotions better so if the person in front is not able to gauge onto something whether it's your uh, it's against you or someone else it always helps to understand how does how is this person going to uh, what does this person uh, respond to the most mm. and talk that language yeah so try and empathize um, with that other person oh sorry go on anshree uh, I I just want to add to that uh, I think um, you know the best way to some sometimes fight these fight is a wrong word but you know to respond to these biases is just to demonstrate via your own action you know and so for example if a colleague has a bias against another colleague of yours that this person perhaps is not you know analytical or is not creative then you as someone watching this as a third person or sometimes even you know yourself as the victim of it could just demonstrate via your action and say that you know uh because actions just speak louder than words yep. you know so just step up show it via your action rather than engaging in a you know proving a point uh, yeah. so i think that so i'm saying the challenge in my question was if it was a bias against me i i know i can do it but when you're the yeah. third person in this whole scenario right yeah you can only tell someone like you can tell that person who's being judged for not being creative that hey yeah. so may just encourage your colleague just encourage mm-hmm. your colleague and explain that you know perhaps you are being this is the perception being built but mm-hmm. why don't you you know show a b and c so that you know you you're yeah. able to uh, you know fight off that uh, bias that's coming your way so you know something like that but just show our actions i think that's just the most important thing help for somia yeah yeah okay lovely yeah uh, I, okay. i think pooja has a question yeah. pooja yes take that yeah yes. um well uh, i am a person who wants to go prepared uh, before any situation uh, so in my experience i have found sometimes my own bias has been bad for others as well as for myself so i have gone into a new routine uh, for the past uh, few years where initially i never interact with people freeze them out observe mm-hmm. what they work you know try to get intuitive uh, about their actions because when you observe people like for a month or two months then it, it's not like they can continue if they are putting up an act they can't continue for a long time and see if you gel with them rather than go into confrontational mode or become friends and then uh, you know unfriend them uh, i would freeze them out uh, then then get into a mold where i can break the uh, coldness between us and then you know try and go ahead is that the right technique because i do it to a lot of people i don't right ahead go become friends so i prefer to observe things keep my bias to myself and then see if this is the right person for me rather than mm. to go into a negative uh, sort of attitude other friend and then unfriend <laughs> i like i said yes. oh shall i friend and then unfriend um lady i'm i'm going to throw it open to the ladies who's got a, a solution there who's got an idea there i mean i'll i'll share a story uh which I'm not proud of so when i was younger and i i had a new guy in my team and he said to me you're like me andrea you wait you assume people are not good until they've proven otherwise and i thought oh my goodness uh is that how i come across and i, I thought i've got to just stop that because that's hardly helpful so research shows puja that if you 
come with the intent that this is a good person, that they're going to contribute and that they're going to be really valuable and that we're going to be great friends, that happens. And they feel that vibe and they rise to that expectation. Um, so I would, I would encourage you to be, because whilst you're doing that and reserving, uh, 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 whilst you're holding back, Pooja, that other person's creating an impression of you. Other people are observing how you're interacting with that person, right? And how is that serving you? Is that serving you well? Are they creating an impression, oh, Pooja is a bit standoffish? Because first impressions count hugely, right? So I would say my advice would be dive in, show the love, <laughs> Uh, and and take it from there right and also another story so I remember that many years ago 25 years ago I met a lady she was holding a dinner party I just moved to Hong Kong she was getting people together and I joined and I thought this is someone I will never be friends with she's quite loud she laughs too much <laughs> she talks too much she's really not for me and I thought I know no one let me make an effort so I, I laughed oh yeah you know blah blah we have been friends for 25 years, right? Wow. So that's a massive bias. Does it serve you? That's your choice, right? If yeah. it doesn't, let's just throw that one in the bin. Yeah. That's yeah. my 22 pence worth there. <laughs> so anyone else got anything thank to you. add? Okay. So uh, thank you so much, Andrea, especially for giving us this uh, extra buffer as well. This was a super insightful session and I think a lot of food for thought for all of us over the weekend. And members, thank you so much for being so participative, fun and supportive today. And we'll see you at the next one very, very soon.